everybody. I'm Kente Scott, and that is my co-host and sister. Shonda Scott. Yes, yes. And we are What Sibling Rivalry, the podcast. Another episode coming to you live. Not so live, but it's live because we're live. Don't worry about it. How you doing, sister? How's your week so far? It's doing well. I'm doing well. Been, you know, with all these Zoom calls and everything, it's just busier, busier. Now that everyone got used to Zoom, and now we're Zooming through life. That's all I'm seeing. Yes. Yeah, it seems like it seems like every week is Monday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Saturday. That's, That's true. The days. Yeah. So I'm happy that, you know, it's a holiday. We can take some time and just breathe and take a break. I'm taking my breaks whenever I can now because it's just yeah. so much. You got to do that because folks who overwhelm you with the zoom calls they say well she's there they're there they're, they so they gotta pick up you gotta be able to be like no nope, taking some me time so it's gonna be like 250 degrees out here in in los angeles this weekend so i'm gonna try and find somebody's water it's gonna be hot here too but be safe because you know that those fires are still going on so the yeah. air has all that you know oh yeah you got it. yeah yeah it's, can't go outside because the air is bad and <laughs> go outside with a mask on it's too hot so it's it's a lot but yeah like you said it's a holiday weekend i didn't even remember it was labor day till this morning i was like oh oh we got monday off but we've had mondays off since uh corona started basically off as in going outside that's yeah. the way of the world right now just getting through it and um you know being safe yeah cautious and you know taking care of yourself and being healthy that's why I'm kind of excited about the guest that we have today because it's about healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, you know, staying fitness healthy, you know. So, you know, he went from the football to the farm. So all he's doing is about health. And that's how we, yeah. you know, like we think about our grandparents. We said, well, they ate whatever they wanted to, but they grew yeah. what they ate, you know. So it was like health. They knew what they were eating. It was healthy. Right. You know? it wasn't all and went straight from, like I said, the farm to the plate. So it was none of that in between and all these extra chemicals they do to preserve it. So it was literally from what you dug up, you cooked it, or, you know, if you had a couple of chickens like our grandmama did, you went on and snapped it and plucked it and <laughs> cooked right. it up. They were right in your backyard. You just went yeah. out there and got your food right from your backyard. Yeah, you'd be like, what you want to have? My backyard is some lemons for some lemonade or something. So <laughs> right. They yeah. They had a whole farm with everything, all the food there. Yeah, they'd be like, what you want to have tonight? Uh, I think I want some steak. Let me go, <laughs> go and get this cow over here. Yeah. Mommy talks about how they had this pig, and it was a little baby pig, and it was like her, she had owned it as a pet. <laughs> right. And the pig was gone, and they had a little ham for breakfast. She didn't understand <laughs> right. what happened. She was a little, little, she was in her feelings about why her little, her little buddy was going. She's like, I wonder why they named him Supper. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. That's funny, but yeah, we're gonna have a good show. We got George on. I like your shirt. What is is this? I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. It's from Phenomenal uh, Live. So okay. It's about, you know, all these things are you know social justice statements and just you know positive statements. I have one that says Phenomenal Woman. Yeah. Got another one that says Phenomenally Black Owned for black owned businesses, but okay. all the fun, not all, but some of the proceeds go to support like, you know, pay equality for mm -hmm. women, black women, Latino women, women, and then also, um, you know, just other initiatives like, you know, supporting social justice, right. and equal rights and, you know, racial yeah. 
closing the racial wealth gap, this thing, but they're messaging shirts too. So that's kind of cool. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, because I, I can get one of those. I couldn't, I could just uh, support from afar with the phenomenal woman. I was like, yeah, I like those. I'm get that for a phenomenal woman. But I can get, I, I'm going to win. I can wear that one. <laughs> yeah, if you can get, I'm going to win. I was telling the uh, friend is running for uh, a city council. I was like, you should get the I'm going to win t shirt. Yeah. Phenomenal line. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's Mina Harris and it's her line. And we've oh, yeah. Her all her life. So it's like, it's phenomenal what she's doing with this brand. It's, Pretty incredible. Um, it really taking off. I mean, you know, went phenom well, the Phenomenal Woman line had all kind of famous and, and powerful women wearing it and representing. So I was like, go on, Mina. Yep. And she got Phenomenally Black. I'm getting the Phenomenally Black owned for Black owned businesses. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. and they have Phenomenally Latina and, you oh, know, yeah. all kinds of different messages. And there, you know, then she has one with Harriet Tubman. I got Austin this hoodie that has. Harriet Tubman on the dollar on the twenty dollar uh -huh. bill and it's oh, all okay. bills on there, so it's kind of like you know. Yeah, it's coming. Well, that's good. I like that, and it's all inclusive. Like uh, every has a a message for for everybody, especially all the minorities. So it can't be like, well, it's just for the black. No, it's for everybody. She oh. got one on back order that I was gonna get for you all for Father's Day, but I got to get reordered. It's called. Uh, it has Girl Dad. It's a sweatshirt. Oh. Dad, like in little script on it. It's kind of. Oh, that's kind of dope. Yeah, that would I be thought cool. that was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure though, because that was right after uh, Kobe, so all of those probably sold out immediately. Right. We got our brother, our friend, NFL legend, because he's our brother and our friend. Now he's uh. <laughs> A farmer, he done went from football to farming, got acres and acres. He's doing phenomenal things out there in Kentucky. Y'all, what sibling rivalry crowd? Show some love for our folks, George Wilson. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me on today. Appreciate it. you got you got the farmer beard going and everything. Hey, man, it, it, hey, it started as my quarantine beard, and I was gonna cut it off for the event, but I just been so tied up with getting everything ready, I, I just didn't get a chance to make it to the barber. So hey, it, it, it's still it's still here. No shave November done turned into you know this old wizard look. So right, <laughs> it's no shave twenty twenty. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, we're, I, I love following you on Instagram and seeing all that you're doing on the farm. And I'm like, where, there's a lake? You're like, I have three lakes. I'm like, how? I didn't even realize all of that land was your land and you were growing and doing all these great things on this property. Have you always had that property there? Well, so uh, it's been in my family. I'm fourth generation. Uh, my great, my great grandfather. Yeah, my great grandfather bought this farm in 1941 and uh raised his raised all his kids out here and so he was a he was a uh farm owner raised crops but also traded livestock and so he uh moved out probably about almost 20 plus families throughout the history of the farm mm -hmm. and they actually were sharecropping families and so you had about 20 different uh families being raised out here on this farm it supported itself and so uh you know it's been in my family for generations as i mentioned and so you know growing up here I raised tobacco uh, in between playing football and going to school and everything. So this is where I was like Saturday morning after a Friday night football game. You know, I'm out in the tobacco field or climbing in the top of a tobacco barn. And so this farm has got, you know, a rich history in my family, but also it's a, uh, it's been a vital part of my life. You know, this, yeah. that experience working out here in tobacco, it's labor intensive. And I knew that if I could endure the heat of the summer and the cold of winter, helping my grandfather with that, 
man, running wind sprints or lifting weights or, you know, just doing anything sports related was, that was easy. You know what I'm saying? I know where the hard work really is, you know, that's out here in this tobacco field. So when it came to training and playing sports, man, that, that came easy to me. I, I, I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to allow somebody else to work harder than me because, you know, I, I've done it. It's in my blood. How did you keep it in the family that long? Because our family, our grandfather, my mom's side, had a hundred acres, and it only it, it went to two or three generations. And then on our dad's side, we have a, a cabin that's been in the family since 1926, and they kind of have done a have strategically passed it down to generations and kept it in the family. But uh, you know, to keep that level, that keep four generations of hundreds of acres in your family is phenomenal. And like, how did you all do that? Well, when my great-grandfather originally bought, bought the farm, he wanted it to be a place that our family could always call home. No matter where you go in the world, you got somewhere else to come home to. And so uh, he, he definitely made it a family-oriented place. Every Saturday when he had it, they used to have picnics out here where all the families and everything got together, played baseball, made homemade ice cream, and, mm. you know, things of that nature. And so, you know, it's, it's, it was built on family. And so my great-grandfather... Uh, before my grandfather, uh, my, uh, his wife, uh, who we call Mama Birdie, uh, she actually was still living and she sold it to my grandfather. And when she sold it to him, she made sure that he was uh, going to keep it in the family and not try to sell it and make money off of it. And so when I bought it for my grandfather, uh, before we even started talking any any type of numbers or anything like that, he made sure that I wasn't going to try to subdivide it and try to use it, you know, as a, as a money-making hustle, you know. And I told him I just wanted to uh, fulfill the family legacy and just take my time uh, as being the steward of the property. That's essentially how I look at it. I, I don't look at myself as an owner because I can't take this with me. But I just know uh, for this span of my life, it's my job to oversee this farm and to make sure that I leave it better than I found it. And so just with everything that I'm doing right now, I'm just trying to position the farm to be uh, sustainable moving into the future and not just be, um, you know, limited to just one stream of income, but raising crops or anything like that. Like, you know, I'm great doing events and stuff like that. Most farmers are not trying to do that, but I just know that, you know, people love being outdoors. They love some scenery to be able to take pictures and, you know, just to be able to use our, our farm to give other families an opportunity to make their life, life memories and life experiences is what we're trying to do because that's what it's done for my family. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. That is, that's incredible. I mean, yeah. I commend you and your family. Thank you. Thank you for that. And just, and just can I say just one more thing? Just because I, I know that it happens a lot in our community, but first off, land is one of the most valuable resources that you can own. A lot yeah. you don't have to go and and buy stocks and bonds and and and, and, and anything like that uh, in the financial market. Land, they're not making any more of that. You know, and it's precious because the population is growing. And so when it comes to our black families, historically, uh, when, when you have land and somebody passes, you know, there's a money grab, there's a power grab. And so when you when you have if those are the leading thoughts, when you're dealing with family property or, or, or heirlooms or things like that, you're going to always end up being selfish and you're going to lose the property all your families your ancestors have put their blood sweat and tears 
into that property and you yeah. can't be hungry for that money that you're going to go blow on the car that's going to lose value as soon as you drive it off the lot or to go on a vacation or like, you know, it just means more than that. It has to, it has to, we got to be able to, to hold on to our family roots and don't yeah. let egos and power trips and, and, and hunger for money that you're going to probably blow getting away of that. You know what I'm saying? We've lost way too much. There was times that, you know, uh, black families own millions of acres in this country. And if mm -hmm. you just look at the slow deterioration of land, pro land ownership by African-Americans, you know, it's something that I just couldn't let uh, that moment go by without bringing attention to that. You know, like somebody has to be the big person and try to see the bigger picture. And there was no way. Uh, and my family went through that. And I was just fortunate enough to be in a position to step up and to hush a lot of that, the emotions going on and right. be able to be in a position to keep the family, the farm in the family. So I'm speaking from experience. I'm not just, you know, uh, talking uh, because I read it or I saw it. I've, I've lived through that. And I just want other families to know, especially black families, that it's worth, it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. To keep up with the latest on What Sibling Rivalry podcast, please subscribe to us on your favorite platform. On Apple Podcasts, click on the subscribe button. And please don't forget to leave us a review and rating. On Spotify, click on the follow button under our picture. And on Stitcher, click on the plus sign under our picture. This will keep you up to date on all the fun and funny. And I want to ask, are, are you grooming the next generation in that same mindset like your grandfather and your great grandfather did for you? Like on a on a daily basis and like, you know, generational wealth? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with, with as far as like uh, just putting the, making sure the blood is in there, uh, the farm is in their blood. Uh, my son and my nephews, they used to come and spend a lot of time with me down here in the summer when we're, uh, you know, got our hands in the dirt, uh, <laughs> you know, taking care of the chickens and, uh, you know, all that. So I'm giving them, trying to give them that same experience that I had to instill into them that, that strong sense of worth ethic and, you know, just being aware of the environment and your impact on the environment. And so just trying to instill those things, but also using it as a platform as I continue to build this for financial ed education, for uh, leadership development. You know, um, I, got, I got plans for days, but one of my, my, my near plans ones are, is a leadership retreat, uh, excuse me, a campgrounds where I would have outdoor activities for like leadership retreats, mm. team building outings to be able to target, you know, churches for, for church camps or schools or businesses and things of that nature. And so these are the type of creative, uh, you know, ideas I'm trying to create, uh, come up with rather, uh, to be able to drive a different demographic, a different audience to my farm. Right. And so that way, if they come out for one thing, they'll see that, oh, he, he sells produce fresh out the garden. Oh, oh, he has this venue over here. And, oh, maybe one day, you know, oh, he has this winery and bed and breakfast. And so that way, I'm trying to create uh, an experience out here on the farm to where the whole family can come out and have something to do. That's ultimately what my goal is. So do you have property where people can stay when they come there? Or do you, will you are there tents or how can you, are there a, a, a place where you can just... Yeah. Residents, or I bring my team there for our activity. Where can we stay on the farm? Yeah, so so that's coming too. Yeah, so I'm going to be putting in, putting all that in around the same time, if, if not simultaneously, one after the other. And so 
actually uh, what I plan on doing this this fall and winter is putting some sleeping quarters out just so I can be able to do that. Uh, people come out for an event. Uh, they can stay here on the property. Um, you know, and so as I continue to build out, everything will have sleeping quarters, everything from the event venue so that, you know, for, for family reunions, everybody can stay out. If you're getting married, you know, it'd be a perfect opportunity for the two families mm -hmm. to start to, uh, to blend when you show up for the rehearsal dinner and stay out on the property until, you know, the day, the morning after the, the wedding or, you know, the campgrounds, you know, you can come for a weekend or stay for a week camp in the summer. You know, just trying to be flexible in, in the size groups, the type of groups uh, that, that we can uh, can host out here. And so just trying to build for the future and not necessarily limit ourselves when it comes to, to future growth when, it, when, when we cross that bridge. Oh, man, that's amazing. And I love it. When you were – you played for nine years in the NFL after getting off the practice squad and all that. So you had a long career. During your career, like when you saw – like at, at – at what point were you like, okay, now I got the money to reinvest back in my family? You know, a lot of athletes are like, I got that second contract. Now I can, instead of buying houses and all this stuff that you got to be paying for, you you went back and reinvested in the family business per se. And my second question is, when is there a network of black farmers in Kentucky, or are you one of one of one of one? <laughs> well, to to your last question first now i'm not i'm not one of one it is a it is uh some black farmers in kentucky i'm mm -hmm. not by myself uh but there are a network of black farmers uh all throughout the state uh there actually is a group called black soil that's mm -hmm. located in out of lexington kentucky and they go around highlighting all the black farmers uh around the state and and, and bringing business and people to their to their properties and everything and so uh, it's not a whole lot, but there's enough to at least have a network and to be able to uh, to have a, a working group to be able to support each other in whatever whatever way. Um, and 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 you know just 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 with that, it's hard work. You know, it being being a farm owner is not it's not glorifying. It's not uh, you know financially rewarding. You know, always, but you know uh, you know it, it's definitely worth it. But uh, you know, it's just. Um, it's just uh, what's, what was the first part you said, Kentucky? The first part was at what point in your NFL career did you be like, okay, I got it. Yeah, now I got it. So, so like for me, uh, when I got my second contract, um, I bought my home because <laughs> you know I had spent my first you know six years. I made my money and every off season I went home and slept on my mama's couch for three months. Wow. So, I mean, you know. You know, I got it. Hey, I got it out the mud. You know, I, I was like, you know what? I want to get to a certain point before I commit to where I want to live. I didn't know where I wanted to live, so why just go buy something not really knowing, you know, what the future looked like? And so, uh, it wasn't until I was maybe like, uh, I think probably about seven, seven or eight years in. Yeah, about yeah, about six, yeah, six, six or seven years in before I bought my home, and then probably two years after that. So I was around like year number eight when I bought my farm. Mm. You know, but I but I always was 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 uh you know money conscious, mm. uh just because you know I always believed that you know uh, you can have a good time, but you got to save twice than what you what you what you blow, mm. and so that was kind of that was kind of my approach. Uh, when I first w got with the Detroit Lions, I signed with them. My my signing bonus was seventy five hundred dollars as a rookie <laughs> undrafted, undrafted rookie free agent. Wow. But after taxes, I got probably like. 
3800 dollars. I had like thirty eight hundred dollars, right? Whoa. So I called my financial advisor, you know, and I had I just ran a credit report, you know, coming out of college or whatnot. And he was like, What do you want to do with it? I had about two two items on my credit. It was about, you know, a little bit over a thousand dollars or so. I said, man, pay off my credit report. I said, if I don't get another dollar from the NFL, I got a clean credit report. Don't owe nobody no money. And so that's always been my approach from the very first check I got from the NFL mm -hmm. was to take care of my, my responsibilities first and save for the future second. And then what I got left, I can have a good time and be able to, you know, take care of my family. And so uh, just doing it that way and living a simple lifestyle. I mean, I'm not living any different than when I played because I didn't live over the top. Now, granted, I don't go like, you know, doing spontaneous, you know, it's trips to the mall to go buy, you know, clothes and shoes and, you know, things like that, you know, but instead of doing that type of stuff, I'm investing those resources into my farm, something mm -hmm. that's going to appreciate with value as opposed to do the opposite, you know? And so that's always been my mindset. And I had a few guys that, that really, you know, showed me the way, you know, a guy in particular, uh, Troy Vincent, you mm. know, uh, uh, one of the VPs over at the NFL office, man, like, Troy was always a businessman, and, and Troy was the, was the epitome of what a pro was. And if I to tell you to be a pro, that means handle your business, even when nobody's telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. And so Troy would always go to the cold tub. And so me being a young guy, I about, whether I was in college or the league, I always followed the old heads. That's something my brother told me. He said, follow the old heads, watch what they do, and that, that, that'll show you what you need to do. And so that's what I did. I go sit in the tub with Troy, me and a couple other rookies, and we picked Troy's brain about business, about life, about family, about football. And mm -hmm. so some of this, just his mentality was being a businessman and not just a football player encouraged me to, to be able to, to put myself in position to do the same thing. And, and Takeo Spikes is another one in London Fletcher, you know. And so, um, you know, these guys, you know, were business oriented. Angelo Crowell is another one. These are all guys you know, that, that, that were, were my OG, quote-unquote OGs in the locker room when I got to Buffalo. And so while Buffalo may not be glorified as being, like, one of the best NFL cities to, like, live in, but it's the best NFL city to play in because you got blue-collar fans mm. and that organization looks for good guys. And I'm just so grateful that they put those guys in my life at that time when, to get me off on a good start and a good footing in the NFL, it, it makes the world a difference when you got good pros. And yeah. those are all Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame worthy guys on the football field, but they're just as worthy in the Hall of Fame of life off the field as well. We got